Hopkins County has turned into a coronavirus hotspot. Although its population ranks 23rd in the state, it's among the top five in cases and deaths. In this week's episode, John Garrett, editor of the Messenger newspaper in Madisonville, talks about how that community has become a state hotspot. Stay with us. This is Inquire. Hey, John. It's Don. How you doing? Hey, doing good, Don. How about you? Well, doing, doing, doing well so far. Uh, I appreciate uh, you taking the time to, to talk to me uh, about, uh, about your situation there in, in Hopkins County. Sure, no problem. Glad to do it. So, compared to you know, Davis County and maybe even the rest of the state as well, uh, right. right now it's top five in coronavirus cases, uh, right. yet it ranks... 23rd in the state population-wise. Um, right. So I guess if you can kind of, you know, kind of go back uh, to the, I guess, the genesis of this and kind of talk us through, you know, how and why Hopkins County is in the top five in the state in regards to uh, coronavirus cases. Yeah, you know, uh, Don, it's um, it's pretty well documented that, uh, um a revival that happened uh, in the middle of March uh, can be traced to a lot of this outbreak in, in Hopkins County. The uh, the church in question um, is a Star of Bethlehem. Uh, it's near Dawson Springs, uh, in between two small communities, Oakley and Charleston, here in Hopkins County. Um, uh, Star of Bethlehem had a three day revival scheduled. In the middle of March, uh, March 15th, I believe, was the start of that three-day revival. And there was actually a church here in uh, Madisonville that also took part in that. Uh, and, um, you know, just to kind of give you a, a time frame on everything, uh, the way I understand it, initially on March 11th, Governor Bashir recommended... And I'm going to recommend that our churches across Kentucky uh, cancel their services for this weekend. Again, I know that that's a big step. I know that some won't agree with it, uh, but I believe that uh, it's, it's our job to offer those protections, uh, that we have a lot of opportunity for virtual services. You know, all churches, houses of worship, cancel services. Uh, recommended, not, uh, not ordered it done, but just as a precaution. Um, so, you know, many churches uh, did continue to meet, uh, not only in Hopkins County, but across the state. Uh, during that during that time, some went ahead and took the uh, took the uh, precaution to have uh, you know online services and, and streaming services and even some drive-in services. But um, this church did choose to go ahead and try to have the revival. They did end up canceling the third day of the revival uh, based on concerns and based on uh, some things they were seeing, I believe. Um, and then I don't believe uh, the governor didn't cancel, officially cancel the uh, church services, what, until, see, I'm trying to look at my timeline here, until around March 19th, when he, uh, when he banned any gatherings of 10 people or more, including church services. So, you know, it, it's a, it was a gray area uh, for some churches. Some went ahead and took that precaution, some 
didn't. This church did not initially. Um, and uh, the health department, Hopkins County Health Department, uh, I believe, uh, traced it back to a lot of our outbreak to that revival and, uh, and what, what came from that. You know, those people that were in that revival not only were from Hopkins County, but as the governor uh, laid out in his uh, admonishment of, of the county, uh, took it to other counties as well. Uh, I believe at least two deaths can be traced in that revival. Don't know if more can now or not. The, the, the health department here, as in all counties, are pretty tight lipped uh, as far as releasing any information due to HIPAA uh, regulations and not letting out any of that stuff uh, pertinent to you know patient confidentiality issues. Um, we uh, we got a lot of this from the governor himself uh, uh, through his. Uh, public statements, and from that, uh, reached out to the church, and they have uh, hired an attorney uh, by the name of Chad Nelson out of Princeton, Kentucky, to represent their interests. Uh, uh, Mr. Nelson uh, spoke to us uh, on record. Um, uh, he believes the church did nothing wrong, that they adhered to the guidelines and rules set out by the uh, state, by the county, by the city when these things were happening. Uh, so that's kind of that's kind of the genesis of it, and um, and from there it's just kind of uh, you know uh, spun into this uh, this outbreak here in the county. I believe our latest numbers, Don, are 101 confirmed cases, eight fatalities, and uh, we didn't have our first confirmed case until I think on March 26th we had two confirmed cases. So from March 26th until April 16th, you know, roughly three weeks, uh, we've gone from two cases to 101 and, and really who knows how many are really positive out there because we're not testing everybody we're asking people like everyone else is to quarantine in place and you know uh, uh to take precautions in that that manner and more and more people are being tested daily but that number is larger than 101 and, and i'd say that number is larger than any county is showing right now in, in reality yeah as of as of this morning davis county showed uh 100 confirmed cases and, and and as we alluded to, you know, Davis County is is uh, maybe more than double the size population-wise than, than Hopkins County. And so you're talking, whenever you look at the math where you're coming from, uh, yeah. you know, that's one person, um, gosh, maybe per 400 or so. Yeah, it's a, it, it's a staggering number for sure. It's something that uh, I know the officials here don't want to be known for. Uh, I know they're trying to take every precaution they can to try to um, uh, flatten the curve, as everyone's saying now, and uh, I, I, it's just a, it's a sad situation for us, but uh, I, you know, I, I think uh, I think better times are ahead for sure, and, and hopefully people understand the seriousness of this and are trying to do what they can to, to help. Now, and I, and I don't know how close uh, you 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 cover your faith community there. Uh, one of the things that I do here uh, is I, I do uh, my job is one of my jobs is to ha- stay close to our faith community here and uh, cover things uh, that they have going on. And um, so I don't know how close you guys cover your faith community, but did you initially hear even even when the governor just recommended church services be canceled? Did you hear any? pushback from your faith community initially yeah you know some for sure uh, we reached out to several uh, uh leaders in in the, in the churches uh and, and especially here in madisonville initially 
around that March 11, 12 date, and uh, there was some pushback. I think, but you gotta you gotta take in, in consideration, you know, what your mindset was on March 11, 12, 13. I don't think any of us knew um, the gravity of this, the seriousness of this at that time. Even though we started to realize it over the days that followed. I think initially some some preachers said, "Hey, you know, look, we're gonna we're gonna take every precaution we can. We're going to social distance. We're going to do this. We're going to do that." But quickly, uh, that mindset changed, and that pushback turned to safety, to let's take care of our uh, congregation. And so, very, very, very few here uh, within the city limits of Madison anyway had any uh, in-person services after that recommendation from the governor. And in fact, I, I, I don't know of any off the top of my head. Now, some outlying uh, tied to this revival, tied some other churches probably did. Um, but I think, uh, I, I don't think that we were Hopkins County. I don't think Hopkins County was that far out of line with what everyone else did. I just think maybe it was the perfect storm. You know, some things happened in a, in a, in a very short window there that, uh, that caused the spread of it. And I don't think it was anything intentional. I don't think it was anything criminal, even. Um, that's just my personal opinion. Um, but uh, you know, things happened, and, and and the fallout has been um, been great, and it's uh, it's been um, it's been uh, something that uh, you know we're trying to recover from for sure. So, wh- what was that like, though? You know, we, you know, the governor. You know, he gets. You know, he has his daily presser, mm-hmm. and. You know, Madisonville, Hopkins County, you know, there for for several of those press conferences were, you know, at the top of his list of here's how not to do it, how not to be, how how not to do this. And and this is a cautionary tale. I mean, what was that like, you know, being at the top of the governor's list of this is how not to be? Well, you know, certainly not a list you want to be at the top of for sure. you know, and, and even more interesting, Don, is that the governor has strong ties to Hopkins County. His uh, his grandparents were, were uh, from Dawson Springs. His dad was uh, from this area uh, and calls this area home still. Um, so, you know, it, it, it was even more personal. I know uh, I could tell uh, when the governor was speaking how much it hurt him. Uh, I, I really felt that when he was talking uh, to call out his uh, his county that he has uh, deep roots in and still has family here um so yeah you know it hurt us i think it hurt us all i think it was a wake-up call um you know uh some people were angry some people were uh, saddened uh, and, and and hurt from it but you know what do you do you you you, you try to do what's right and i think our leaders from uh our mayor to our uh, county judge executive to our community leaders uh, in the outlying areas are trying to do everything they can to uh, to slow this and, and to get us back on track. And I think we're starting to see some of that now. Um, but yeah, it, it certainly wasn't a list we wanted to be at the top of, for sure. Can you talk about just the mindset initially, too, you know, of the of the entire community? Did was the mindset? Well, we're you know we're a small community, we're a rural community. You know, we're not you know going to see the impact like you've seen in you know the urban areas. I mean, initially it seemed like the mentality was this is an urban problem, not not a not a rural problem. Was there any kind of that mindset there? 
sure. I think there was, for sure. Uh, you know, you start seeing it in the Louisville, Lexington areas, um, even Owensboro. For, you know, heck, uh, Muhlenberg County had a uh, confirmed case before we did, uh, a neighboring county. So, you know, we were, we were uh, 10, 15 days into this before we had a confirmed case. So I think, you know, everybody's like, oh, you know, this, this isn't going to hit us that hard. We're going to have a few cases, yes, but no one had... Um, no one had the uh, crystal ball out predicting this, I don't think. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it, it was a staggering blow. Um, you know, you, you still hear of things um, as far as uh, people congregating. Uh, there's been some steps taken from the city and the county to enforce a curfew for those under 18. Uh, uh, this past weekend with the Easter services, I know uh, there was some, patrolling our neighborhoods to make sure that there were no cars, uh, you know, a, a large quantity of vehicles and gathering of people and, and the warning of uh, citations being issued. To my knowledge, none were. Uh, but, you know, it, it, the, the changing of that mindset to enforce the seriousness of it from our leaders has been there from, from virtually the get-go and it has ramped up over time as these numbers have continued to climb. So, from a journalistic standpoint, uh, I know here, you know, we have, um, you know, good-sized news staff, and I know it has um, been a lot on our news staff, you know, especially from working from home. And so I, I was kind of wondering, you know, f- you know, how's it been, you know, for, for your paper there in Madisonville, for your reporters and for yourself um, right. during this time to to cover such an enormous event, something that, you know, none of us have experienced in our lifetimes. Yeah, you know, uh, gosh, I could uh, go on and on about that. Uh, we've, uh, from a, a personal standpoint, I, I will say that I, I think, uh, and this is very biased, but I just look back, uh, the publisher and I, my publisher and I talked uh, yesterday, and he had put a collage of our front pages over the last roughly 30 days, uh, and it was staggering how many stories we have covered related directly to COVID-19. Um, you know, our front pages are dominated by that inside pages, too, but our front pages from local copy. And, and Don, we have an extremely small staff here. It's right now because of some layoffs and some other cuts. Uh, I'm down to just two reporters in my newsroom, myself and two reporters. Uh, we have... Uh, no sports staff now. We've had to lay off uh, some other individuals, and that's been across the board for our sister papers as well. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've felt that impact, but we have uh, we've, we've, we've hit our groove, I guess, as, in, in terms of trying to um, uh, put a plan together every day. It's become easier and easier for us to communicate this way, for us to... Uh, put a, a, a good story list together and to communicate as far as uh, things we need to do and prioritize those things because with two, two reporters, you can only do so much. Uh, so it's uh, it's been a whirlwind for sure, but I am proud of the staff and, and proud of the publication we keep putting out. Our, our paper has obviously gotten smaller over time. Uh, we've gone from two sections on a normal day down to one, uh, less pages. Uh, we felt the impact from, uh, you know, businesses, uh, being hurt by this as well you know advertisers have had to pull they're uh, they're advertising from us and so from a financial standpoint we're feeling that sting as well but we're we're trying to battle through 
and uh, give the best product we can. And I, and I will tell you, and again, this is biased. We have put out, we have put out a, a heck of a product over the last 30 days. So I'm extremely proud of, uh, of my staff and, and my bosses that, uh, that have given us the leeway to, uh, to continue to do that. Yeah. And, and I think that's what, you know, we've seen, uh, we've seen here at the Mystery Inquirer as well, you know, despite, you know, the circumstances, um, you know, I, I, I think we have also uh, done a tremendous job in covering this issue and uh, and trying to make sense of it all. And 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 um, you know, years from now, people will look back, hopefully, you know, at this history, and and and, and say, wow, you know, this is what our newspapers were doing, uh, even though uh, you know they were having to quarantine and. And yet we were still chasing down stories. We were still talking right. with, you know, health yeah. professionals. I mean, yeah. we were still in the game, you know, yeah. and, and and still making sure that the public had all the information uh, to keep safe, to keep uh, understanding on, on how this was progressing. And um, it, I, I've been pretty proud of, of our staff as well here, and um, can't and can't say enough uh, for yeah. for every all the reporters and new staff, our paginators, you know, um, yeah. just everybody involved doing what you got to do in a time like this. And, um, right. So, you know, Don, I, I'll, I'll say this, and, and you, you, you mentioned the word history, and it, that, that couldn't be a truer word. Uh, our, my staff, we talked about that, in fact, we are writing history every day. And to take that uh, into consideration when you go after this story, you know, this is going to be something that – in our lifetime, it's going to, it, it's the event of our lifetime. It is, uh, is something that we've never seen before and, and God willing, we'll never see again. Uh, but there's never been a more important time for community journalism, in my opinion. Uh, we're sharing information. We're broadcasting, uh, the, uh, community city, gov- uh, city county Facebook live posts every morning. We're having thousands and thousands of people tune into that through our Facebook feed. We're also, uh, streaming the governor's, uh, uh, presser in the afternoon. Uh, we're giving updates through social media as timely as we can. And then, of course, we have the printed edition, uh, you know, five days a week. That's uh, getting people up to speed, not only in terms of the numbers. The numbers are the numbers, you know. And uh, you could set and dispute the importance of those all you want to. But what we are sharing is, you know, here's who you call if you need to uh, – Here's who you contact if you need to file for unemployment unemployment benefits. Here's some Medicaid information. Here's what the uh, uh, county clerk's office is doing. Here's the schedule here. Here's the schedule there. Here's some things that have changed. Uh, That information we're trying to make as easily uh, and readily available as we can. Uh, I will commend our our bosses as well that we have opened up uh, through our websites free uh, uh, coronavirus information. Uh, to our uh, to people who log on, you don't have to have a subscription to get some of that information, and that was something they did early on, and uh, and I commend them for that. Now, I guess one last question, and, I, and I'll get you out of here. I'm just kind of wondering now, as we're now more than a month into this, what is the mood there in Hopkins County? Are, are people still f- fearful? You know, I see it all, Don. You know, I, when when you're in this 
worked, uh, you, you, you hear from um, both ends of the spectrum. You hear those that um, um, you, you certainly hear the fear. And then you start hearing the, uh, the conspiracies and the it's time to open it back up and, and that piece of it as well. And, and, and somewhere in the middle, there's those that, you know, understand that uh, I believe our, uh, our governor and our local leaders are doing everything they can to protect us. And that we, while we may not understand everything that's going on, that we've got to put faith into those people and, and, uh, and to follow that those guidelines and those recommendations and let this thing play out and, and and above all else, take the precautions that we need to take to try to slow this as best we can. So, um, yeah, you know, you see it all. There's fear. Uh, but above all else, I, I believe there's ultimately hope. Um, and uh, I think people are clinging to that. I think people know that we will get through this. Um, uh, we're going to look different. We're going to, we're going to, the landscape's going to change. Um, whenever this does clear, however many months, uh, years in the future you want to look, uh, the landscape's going to change. How many businesses will never reopen their doors? How many uh, people will change careers? How many people will be forced to move to another uh, uh, community to find work? You know, those are questions that none of us can answer right now, but we know it's going to be different. Mm-hmm. Well, I certainly appreciate uh Everything you guys have been doing there, you're one of our sister papers, and so it's it's just um, you know it's just been really cool to see um, you know your your reporters out there you know doing doing what reporters do you know covering right. their community. Appreciate that, Don. Thank so, you so much for that. Appreciate it. Yeah. So you take care of yourself, John, and uh, you uh, you have a good rest of the uh, week. Okay. All right, Don. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, God yeah, bless. Yeah, man. You too. See that will wrap up our show for this week. I want to thank John Garrett, editor of the Messenger newspaper in Madisonville, for joining me. To send us questions or to provide feedback, email us at newscast at messenger-inquire.com. Remember, you can find us on the Messenger Inquire's website, Facebook, and Apple Podcasts, where you can subscribe to Inquire. Until next time, I'm Don Wilkinson. Good day for Inquire. <laughs>